May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts here together be ever acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Please be seated. I hope you all remember that Advent begins on Sunday, and uh, Advent is a time for preparing for Christmas. And Christmas takes us to a subject that is uh, much in the news and media these days, gifts. It's that preeminent time for giving gifts, uh, which brings us to Thanksgiving. Blessed Thanksgiving to you all today. Uh, The readings today talk quite a bit about gifts, and there are lots of aspects to gifts. There's the gift itself, there's the person receiving the gift, and there's the person giving the gift. So there's at least three aspects to gifts that it talks about in our scriptures today. Have you ever gotten a gift that you did not want? I certainly have. I certainly have. And sometimes that's about the gift itself. This scarf is just the wrong color. I would never wear that. Sometimes it's about me. That's really not something I'm interested in right now. And sometimes I wonder if it's about the person giving the gift. I think, do you really know me at all if you would give me that gift? (laughs) So gifts have a lot of aspects to them. And St. James says in his scripture pretty strongly, every good and perfect gift comes from God. Every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. Have you ever gotten a gift from God that you didn't want? I have. I have. There's aspects of gifts. I was uh, thinking about this topic, and I was remembering a clergy wives retreat. It's one of my favorite weekends of the whole year. get to hang out with my sisters in Christ. We fellowship, we worship, we stay up until midnight. They're dear friends. It's a wonderful blessing. On Sunday mornings, one of our traditions is that we have a scripture uh, that's presented to us. We have uh, they're prayed over all weekend, and then on Sunday mornings, each woman gets a scripture. And most years I get a, it's supposed to be a promise from the Lord, and most years there have been wonderful promises to me. And one year I opened it up, and I was all excited, and the scripture said, the Lord is going to send you trials to help you grow into maturity as a Christian. <laughs> and I thought, that is not a gift I want. That is not a promise that I want. I'm not sure I want trials. I'm not sure I want to be mature. This is not a gift I want. With God's gifts, they're always perfect, even the ones we don't want. And we have to be able to trust that by beginning with who God is. We have to know who he is. As St. James says, he is the father of lights. There's no variableness. There's no shadow. He created us. He loves us. And everything that he gives to us is for Uh, are good, because that's what he desires. Sometimes that's wonderful spiritual gifts, and sometimes that's discipline. And both of those things are love from God, because of who he is, because he knows far more than we do what the world is intended to look like, and his desire is to get back to us, uh, get us back into that relationship that we had in the garden where we're dwelling and tabernacling with him. And he knows how to do that. He knows the carrots to give us, and he knows the consequences to give us that can move us in that direction. So there's no question when it's a gift from God that the giver knows us. That's never the trouble. 
sometimes we're not ready to receive that gift. I certainly wasn't when I got that scripture. Um, and St. James has, um, uh, he lays out for us how it is that we come to be in a place to receive those gifts from God, especially the ones we're not sure we want. He says, receive the word with meekness. So that means without arguing, without justifying, without excusing, without explaining away, receive the word with meekness. Maybe I'm the only one who has trouble with meekness, but I suspect not. It's tremendously human to try to do those things, to explain it away, to justify away, to try to sweep away what it is the word of God is trying to give it to us. But we can't receive the gifts that God's trying to give us when we do that. And he says that when we receive the word with meekness, the word will be engrafted in our souls and bring us to salvation. I don't know a lot about gardening, but I know that when you graft something, you make a cut. It's a violent process. The, the plant that's going to receive the graft, the skin has to be cut open, and the inner part has to be peeled back and exposed so that the new graft can be put in. Sometimes that's what the Lord is doing with us in those gifts that we don't want, those gifts of discipline. When our hearts are hard, when we don't know that we're sick, when we don't know that we need a Savior, He can't speak to us. He can't get into our hearts because they're closed off. So the Lord, in His graciousness, disciplines us. And He cuts into our hearts, if we will let Him, so that He can implant that word because it's only his word through the power of the Holy Spirit that can change our hearts. That's the only way that can happen, that that new growth, that salvation can be there, is through our hearts being made open to him. And sometimes he will do that through discipline, trials, suffering, or difficulties. Which takes us to the Puritans, of course, on Thanksgiving we remember them because they willingly accepted those trials and difficulties. And they suffered for them quite a bit. My family has been reading this past week stories of the first Thanksgiving, and uh, I'm reminded that half of them died in the first year that they were there. Uh, they died on the ship. They died of disease. Some of them starved. Uh, they, they put themselves into a place of receiving trials, and they suffered for that. They did what St. Matthew is talking about in the, king, in the reading from the sixth chapter. They sought first the righteousness of God and his kingdom. They sought that first. I think God today is offering us an invitation to follow the advice of St. James, who himself received the gift of being thrown off the top of the tower for his following of Christ, of the temple of Jerusalem and, and dying. That was the gift that he received from the Lord for his faithfulness. And St. Matthew, who if you read the life of St. Matthew, also underwent trials as well. But it is through those things that the Lord is able to engraft in our hearts his word that makes us thankful and that ultimately brings us into a place where we are able to accept his greatest gift, which is himself, to tabernacle with us, to live with us, and to be in his kingdom, not in some future time, but right here and right now in the midst of our trials and our tribulations, and into the future that our souls, too, will be saved, along with all the company of heaven 
that has gone before. And after a year of deprivation, sailing, it's pretty miserable if you read about the sailing crossing, and pretty miserable if you read about the year. This is what um, the letter uh, one of the New England pilgrims sends to his friend. Edward Winslow writes to one of his fellow pilgrims at the end of that year, around the time of the first Thanksgiving. He says, Loving and old friend, although I received no letter from you by this ship, yet for as much as I know you expect the performance of my promise, which was to write unto you truly and faithfully of all things, I have therefore at this time sent unto you accordingly referring you for further satisfaction to our more large relations. You shall understand that in this little time that a few of us have been here, we have built seven dwelling houses and four for the use of the plantation and have made the preparation for diverse others. We set the last spring some 20 acres of Indian corn and sowed some six acres of barley and peas. And according to the manner of the Indians, we manured our ground with herrings, or rather shads, which we have in great abundance, and take with great ease at our doors. Our corn did prove well, and God be praised, we had a good increase of Indian corn, and our barley indifferent good, but our peas not worth the gathering. For we feared they were too late sown. They came up very well and blossomed, but the sun parched them in the blossom." Our harvest being gotten in, our governor sent four men on fowling, so that we might, after have a special manner, rejoice after we had gathered the fruit of our labors. They, four in one day, killed as much fowl as with a little help beside, served the company almost a week, at which time, amongst our other recreations, we exercised our arms, many of the Indians coming amongst us, and among the rest, their greatest King Massasoit, with some ninety men whom for three days we entertained and feasted, and they went out and killed five deer which they brought to the plantation and bestowed on our governor and upon the captain and others. And although it be not always so plentiful as it was at this time, yet by the goodness of God we are so far from want that we often wish you partakers of our plenty. May we receive the word with meekness, that it may be engrafted into our hearts, that we are able to receive salvation, seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Amen. Amen.